it's relationship work right because I that's all what me uh, that's what's fucking so fantastic about music is collaborating and stuff and discovering each right, other and absolutely. joking about things I just want them to live musical lives and to know that music making is available to them at any time of their life they can start it drop it it's meant so much to my life I'd be dead without it and so I think it's it's something that I want other people to have access to hello I'm Dave I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together I need to get better make me better I want to get better 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 acquainted with you Today we're getting better acquainted with Christian. Hello Christian. Hello. Thanks for coming to my flat. It's always uh, great when guests do that because it makes my life easy, uh, but also it makes the sound quality better, so people who care about that will be pleased. Today I've got actually two recordings booked up, so it's like back to back, so it's quite useful to have both of them based at the flat, so I don't have to travel in between them. And it's actually, it's it's a sunny day, which is weird actually (laughs) at this moment in time. It's been like horrible weather for like a week yeah uh, and you've brought the sunshine with yeah, you this yeah. morning i enjoyed my walk from the station right right <laughs> <laughs> right and so the first question that i ask everybody is how do you know me i think i first heard of you because the bass player in my band was also playing in your is it was it apples for that's one? right we yeah. shared we sh- shared the same bass player for yeah. a time yeah yeah <laughs> neither of us slept with him but you no know, yeah. that's that's true <laughs> and i came and saw you play i think at camden but right. we didn't meet that night and then uh, you were, at one point, I think you were doing stand-up tragedy at Edinburgh. Yeah. And you invited me to do something. Right. And I couldn't do it. I think I blew it out at the last minute or something. For some, right. I think I, I thought I was that. going to be up there yeah, yeah. And then with a slot. And then the slot yeah. fell through. And I thought, well, I'm not going to be there. I don't really fancy coming up just to do stand-up tragedy that's fair (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's fair I I wouldn't have even been able to guarantee you an audience because it's Edinburgh yeah I'm not sure I could have guaranteed a tragedy right 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 right. (laughs) well that's that's to be fair that's often been a a thing with performers at stand-up tragedy like they've been like worried that their work has not been sad enough yeah yeah Uh, which is you know which is it's fine I think tragedy comes in all shapes and sizes like a hint of tragedy is enough yeah. Uh, especially if you've got a mixed bill show. <laughs> right. But if you've got a mixed bill show as well, you don't want everything to be like bleak, 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 bleak. And like, you want a bit of variety. You want yeah. like a, a laugh in between a cry. Yeah. Um, so back back in the day, I mean, I, I, I don't know, new listeners won't really have any reference point for me being in bands, but I've, I've done that quite a lot. And so, yeah, back in the day, I set up a band called Apples for Everyone, which George, our, our mutual acquaintance <laughs> friend, uh, sent a load of different adverts for how to get this band together because it was a big band I mean I think at our height we had 17 members although not all of those were on stage one of them was a documenter and, and I think two of them were producers so yeah, we, we, we weren't just uh, people on stage but I don't even remember what your instrument was oh I play uh, instruments probably yeah I mean I play bad guitar bad ukulele yeah. and, and I sing but also with Apples we extended what we did <laughs> the you know, badness Based on, on what needed hand. to happen, yeah, yeah. Like I did some percussion work. I did uh, various bits and bobs. I don't think I ever played bass, thankfully, because I'm terrible at that. Yeah. Um, and George is great at it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think there was a few different adverts. The one he he 
responded to, which is quite characteristic of him, I think, was like, I named a load of different bands and I was like, do you love these bands? Do you hate these bands? Love, hate? It's all just a reaction. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be in a band that is a reaction, then come along. And he did, um, <laughs> which was great. And lots of different yeah. like members of the band came through slightly different means. So they kind of came to a different bat signal. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the people who stayed in the band were literally the people who stayed. Yeah. Like, you know, the first rehearsals were in uh, Enterprise Studios back when that still existed. Oh, yeah, where was that? Uh, near Tottenham Court Road. Oh, right? yeah, behind Denmark Street. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. And it was like before the smoking ban came mm. in. So it's like, Mm. rooms full of mm. full of smoke you could like hardly breathe mm. in and so it's like people who st- stuck it out and like mm. came because we'd play anyone's song anyone mm. who turned up we would play we were mm. very democratic like mm. that I mean that's I'm never going to do that again mm. but it w- had a nice element to it even if not every one of the songs would be mm. a, a song that every member of that band would say I loved that song but every song someone loved and that's like like people that's that's what we can ask for right yeah yeah and so yeah seven years of my life was taken over in that band in in various different versions of the band and george was one of the few people who you know was there at the first yeah yeah. the first rehearsal and uh, the last rehearsal he would often turn up you know just about on time or late even but he was always there in the middle of the Band. We went off on a band camp and wrote loads of songs, and one of them was about like, "Will George get there on time?" Yeah, 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 and like, yeah. we 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 had this kind of vision that one day we would play it, uh, and he would like arrive in time to do his bass yeah, part. Yeah. And that actually happened. We did yeah. a, we did a gig, and he wasn't there, yeah. and he kind of came on in the middle of yeah. the song. I mean, George is kind of, uh, even though he's very kind in lots of ways and very kind of unassuming in lots of ways, he's also a very big character, um, which is rare for a bass player in a way. Like, I know he, like, I'm not saying that there aren't all sorts of bass players out there, but the the vision that people have of bass players, I mean, he fits that in terms of his, 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 ability to play yeah. brilliant bass lines yeah. but he's yeah he's a he's he, he's kind of almost a i don't know like a, a force of nature in some ways like it's hard to exactly describe what george is like but anyone who knows him knows what george is like do you know what i mean it's a very specific combination of characteristics yeah i love working with george mm. and that is exactly Me too. i can imagine him loving doing what you were doing right um i mean when he replied to my ad I think I probably said a similar thing about... But I wasn't sort of doing this reaction, non-reaction thing. Right, right, right. And he said something kind of equal... Like, just fantastic opening. was like, I'm blind to, to genre or something. Or I don't respect genre. <laughs> right, or, like, I live right, in a right, right. genre-less world. Right, right. He's very <laughs> just, specific and fussy. Yeah. yeah. We're going quite deep on George. But um, <laughs> probably because we're both very fond of him. Right, right. Really, I mean, he's a brilliant musician. Yeah. But um, he, I think he sort of knows himself. Right. Like, as a musician. Yeah. So he don't give a sh- he, He's not trying to pull in something to make himself cool or his identity is not based on what he's playing right well it is but not in a not in a genre way right you know exactly like he's not worried about bringing in stylings and stuff and he just plays what he wants to play Uh, that's what makes him great random range of stuff yeah because he'll add in stuff that you never would have imagined into a a track that you've written because he doesn't care what genre you think it is or what you're trying to do he's like no that'll work yeah that's what I'm doing and he won't and he won't budget it which is great like I I think that's great but it I can see how that might sometimes make him frustrating but I don't know because like I say my band was such a democratic idea in a way I don't know if I even believe in democracy but uh, I believe in trying it as a band yeah you know I, I I would never have sort of like said no you got to do it a different way yeah but I can imagine that he can sometimes be like 
well the thing is he might tell you he's going to do it your way but I imagine when he gets on stage he'll just do what he wants yeah 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 and it'll be great <laughs> yeah exactly I can't think of a, a time when I've not liked a, a musical idea that George has brought in or that you know and I can't say that even about myself yeah so so uh, yeah we, you're right we have gone quite deep on George um, <laughs> But when we were doing Apples for Everyone, we set up some band nights and stuff. And I think that's when I first became aware of what you were doing. I think with the UK States, I bought, yeah. bought a couple of your albums mm. and, uh, you know, really enjoyed them. Um, so how would you describe the UK States? <laughs> uh, it was sort of... Um, oh, it's a band with a very bad name. <laughs> <laughs> It's such a poorly chosen name. I think it was one of those ones where you love something too much, you spend too much time naming it. Right. And that was the kind of... There were elements... I can, I can only think about UK States in terms of what happened to me while I was doing it. Right. I mean, so musically, for anyone listening, yeah. or it, it was kind of folksy, but it was kind of before the big... What is before what the folk scene is now? Right. So I guess it was like when there was like the old country thing was going on. Right. So it's early noughties. Right. And harmonies, and I guess I was kind of respecting a lot of my idols at the time, which right. was sort of you know Crosby, Stills and Nash, right. John Martin, yeah, yeah. Joe Bim. But then also I was a big indie kid, a big eighties indie kid. So it had like My Bloody Valentine and The Fall, and I mean all these things that I thought I was referencing. But probably you do a gig and someone at the end would go, "Oh man, I love Simon and Garfunkel." Right, right, you right. Know, so like, <laughs> <laughs> it was more just me sort of finding my feet. You know, I'd never written songs before, I'd never fronted a band before, and I was getting to my thirties and I had time on my hands and I just thought wow I thought, always thought of myself as a musician but really I was just like that bloke in the office that plays guitar in a, in a band right you know and I've never really confronted it and tried to sort of do something right go all I'd had ideas yeah. I was, always loved music always going to loads of gigs and had never really got that good on my instruments and so it was just like, let's see what happens. And, you know, bought a computer in order to be able to sort of record and stuff. I, I'm proud of what I did. But right. the main thing was sort of doing it. Right. And, learn, and, you know, learning from having... I mean, that's all you can do when you look right. back is look at how, what, have you, what have you learned. Exactly. Well, <laughs> because absolutely. there's no money to show exactly. for it. And, both, and I'm not being invited yeah. to play Glastonbury. Right. So um, I mean, we're both I can talking only about look back and go, what deceased, did I learn? Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? Right. <laughs> when we were both talking about kind of deceased bands, they're like, they're, yeah. uh, they rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. They're, but when you're doing it, it's all of your life. It's, yeah. it's everything that you're yeah. focused on yeah. and you have all of these hopes yeah. for where it might go, whatever they might be, whether yeah. it's money, whether it's fame, yeah. whether it's like a brilliant mix that's, the perfect song or whatever and you kind of achieve whatever you achieve and then you look back at it and go what the hell what the hell could I work out about what what that experience was so when did music oh actually I should ask you the second question before I kind of like really get in deep uh, so the, the second question is what do you do now which is potentially a very existential question I realise uh, yeah I'm, well I think I'm one of those slash people you know that's sort of I mean, musically, I'm I'm drumming in a jazz band. Uh, I've sort of built a decent home studio that I've kind of yet to really put to use. I mean, I've recorded my band in there and some bands, like mates bands. Right. I don't. I'm not sure whether I want to make it a commercial thing. I mean, it's almost like being a Hornby railway collector in that I've become obsessive about microphones and preamps, and I love reading blogs and sound on sound and discovering different aspects of so I've been building this studio but kind of just enjoying building it right 
eventually I imagine I'll record something of my own in there um, <laughs> you know, even right. to a point in the moment where I've been specking getting a vocal booth built and uh, me and an old school friend sort of, you know, we've bought all the fu- I mean, I've built all my own bass traps right. and stuff like that so I've really got into it and it's, I've got a soundproofed room and there's been, it's, a lot of it's kind of homemade stuff but then a friend of mine teaches music tech at Brighton University and he's really helped me piece together really nice bits of gear so yeah the, the studio is a passion in terms of building it right uh, musically I'm, I sort of still do bits and bobs like I've just been rehearsing with a band in Brighton for a gig on Monday it's just a one off gig but it's really demanding music and I've been practicing it for like two weeks right. to do like five songs right right right, right. <laughs> uh, so I like doing things like that and I toured with a, a, a little band around France on bass last year last summer I'm not in band bands I don't really want to be in a band band mm. but I still love doing projects I kind of right. think like things with a start and a finish yeah I don't I think maybe the UK States experience really put me off doing bands ever again I know what you mean over your life yeah and even the jazz band, even when you're not having to write your own material, even that can start to take over your life. And I'm sort of, I kind of want it to be a democracy. Right. You but know. then it doesn't work. But it I am kind of the leader. <laughs> yeah, and right. I, so, I mean, I didn't really want to be, but we rehearse in my house. Right. And someone's got to be the one who puts the effort in. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, that was one of the things that, like, I loved the idea of Apples for Everyone being a democracy. At times it was more of a democracy than others. Yeah. But someone's got to do the admin mm. and that would always be me because yeah. I'm just if if something needs to get done and yeah. I had the original idea yeah. and you know I'm obsessive and anxious about things if they're not done yeah. and so you know I would always do all of the all of the work and actually you know every band in, however big or small they are yeah. there's a lot of emails there's a yeah. lot of like ringing people up and saying yeah. where are you going to be and trying to organise people's disorganised lives yeah. to fit in with yeah. your disorganised life yeah yeah so I can understand it putting and you I guess off. probably like <laughs> I'm kind of in the band I think I'm the most experienced one in that so you know it like it just wouldn't occur to other people to sort of sort out a photographer for a gig so you've got you know all right, that right, right. Shit. all that stuff like you need people need to know what you look like and, you know, and I've sorted out us obviously I've recorded us because I've got the studio so I've ended up becoming like the sound engineer I found a photographer so right, I started doing right. these boring things but I think what I'm trying to do is just I kind of don't I love doing it and I love the band but I'm trying to sort of imagine not worrying if it crumbled Right, so it is other people's right. responsibility to keep it going. It's not just mine. I'm not writing the songs. It's not my vision. Right. It's Miles Davis's and Freddie Hubbard's right, vision. Right, right. You know. Right. You're, yeah. <laughs> so right. Um, you know, it's not like this big massive statement that I think I need to make. I just right. love drumming and I love being in a jazz band, and I'll find another jazz band if this one implodes. Right. So I'm I'm trying, and also. I think what I did with UK States because because it was really my thing and I'm sort of dictating it. I got in the way of other people bringing their ideas in, and of course that's one of the most exciting elements and most fun aspects of making music. Right, absolutely. Is that someone absolutely. you who you someone surprises you mm-hmm. with an yeah, idea, right. and I, I didn't really leave any room for that to happen. Right. So that that's what really why it stopped because I got fucking bored. Right. Because. I wasn't. I was dictating. I wasn't really enjoying what the musicians that I brought were bringing in. It just had to stop. I just was like really not enjoying it, and so 
I've tried to learn from those mistakes. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. It's, it's, it's about, like, getting the balance right, isn't it? Because my experience of apples for everyone is almost like the, the polar opposite of that. Mm. Like, the, the brilliant thing, obviously, about apples was the collaboration. Yeah. But also, when you have so many different ideas, yeah. Yeah. like, how do you make a coherent yeah. sort of voice? Yeah. Like, one of the, like, the latest phase of apples was about trying to give us a sound yeah. like trying to discover yeah. what our collective yeah, yeah. voice was yeah, yeah. like whereas early stuff was like we yeah. would veer all over the place yeah. and that was exciting and anarchic yeah. but you could never get a beautiful recording that yeah. you were like because there's something about one singular vision yeah. that really can make something really yeah. sort of slot together yeah. in a way that really kind of speaks yeah. it's kind of almost simpler right yeah. and actual actually the best pop songs are, are very simple in, yeah. in lots of ways yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and like as much as I believe that you know we were throwing everything in yeah. uh, with apples all the time and that totally. was kind of yeah, over I mean, the top UK States had seven members in it by the time I right, finished by the end. I, was, I was terrified of their ability right. you know like I'd go and get a coffee and I'd come back and then there'd be all this stop all that brilliant music yeah right 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 <laughs> right right what I've said we're going to do because it's my studio no it wasn't as bad as that but I sort of saw there were so many different personalities and so many different influences right I just thought I can't hold all this right and also didn't feel good enough or confident enough to front what they might come up with right it was a lot more pumped that I was writing this quite sort of introspective quiet stuff yeah absolutely because I think that's probably all I thought I could carry on it was it is I mean I really like those those albums and like some some tracks more than others obviously but like the, the quietness was part of it like the, the kind of yeah it was very melodic and yeah. very kind of like understated yeah and so the, I can see how like if you if you turn around you suddenly got like the opposite kind of yeah. a band behind you yeah that must have been quite because yeah. I love the polar opposite of that yeah but UK States was like that because it was that's all I could cope with fronting right because I was brand new to it right I'd never sung lead vocals before right I, I, I couldn't deal with the energy that the rest of them had I just thought yeah there's no I, I, I think that would have demanded Demanded me to have started started acting like a front person, right? You know, like I imagined I'd have to be quite flamboyant and bigger, and um, I yeah. just thought Fuck, I can't do that. But yeah. then, funnily enough, then I did the Smiths tribute, right? We're also that. with George. We're also with George, but I was Morrissey in that. Yeah. So I did yeah, discover yeah. that actually I could do that, but I just it that was like six or seven years later. So I think I'd sort of got better. I don't know, but. I realised, oh, I can sort of do this big thing and lark around. Right. Yeah. And, was it, and that was like a... Yeah, that was literally a tribute band, wasn't it? Like yeah. it was literally I actually auditioned like, to be the drummer. Right. I went down there and there was no... There was a drummer there doing a perfectly decent job and there were no Morrisseys and I was kind of sort of sitting around and, like, <laughs> and, I, and I, he said, do you want to have a go? I sort of said, well, I had to sing a bit. And I did this charming man, and I fucking knocked it out of the park. I can imagine. I can actually imagine you, you yeah. doing that actually. And then it's funny because Morrissey doesn't even play an instrument. No. So I mean, in, I, I imagine if you're doing it like pure cover, you yeah. have to not play any yeah, instruments. Yeah, yeah. So, dance. You know, and you're, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> throw, throw flowers. Throw flowers around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's another way that 
I guess we know each other and the, the reason we've come back into each other's life is I was looking for a place to record without any sound yeah. bleed and yeah. uh, I was desperately looking for all sorts of things and then George suggested you and I was yeah. like, oh, obviously I should have been looking to musicians anyway rather than kind of uh, s- sending emails to universities saying, yeah, can yeah. I use your anarchaic chamber or yeah, whatever yeah, the, yeah. the fuck that is. Yeah, it's so, frightening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas, you, you know, it was great. We, you, you know, you let us set up a tent in your yeah, basement fun. room yeah, was, yeah. and we, we got some really great stuff out of that so I was very pleased. But then, yeah, that, that reminded me don't think we've ever sort of sat down no. I mean that day we sort of talked a bit yeah. we've not really sat down and, and yeah, chatted yeah. really yeah. we kind of know each other through George and probably we've heard about each other through George so yeah. I don't know what that what what distorted visions of yeah. each other will have and it's funny that you got in <laughs> touch because um, yeah I, I I listened to a couple of things that you did and I listened to your mansplaining right. live show and um, and I thought wow I think I'd really like to meet Dave <laughs> And um, a few weeks ago, I had a spare ticket for the theatre. And I thought, oh, maybe I should invite Dave. And I thought, that probably seems a bit weird. He doesn't really <laughs> even know who I am. Right, and, I know um, what you mean. I have that feeling a lot. Yeah, and in like... the end, I invited someone else. And I think I'd seen something on Facebook from you saying, saying, look, I can't afford to go to pubs anymore, but, like, if you want to meet for a coffee, that's right. let's do that. That's my, that's like, my, okay. my life. And I yeah. could sort of hear you kind of reaching out, like, going... Look, I'm available to do things. Right. I just don't want to get smashed in the pub and spend 40 quid. Yeah, so, and it's the you know, money. It's got money. alternatives. Like, and I am all into yeah. the alternatives at the moment because <laughs> I don't like getting smashed in the booze so much anymore. No, nor do I. I mean, George is a bit disappointed in me when I meet him <laughs> for that, for that, because he, he does well, still like that. You're not like an alcoholic that. anymore. But, but I don't mind, I don't, you know, I don't mind getting, I don't mind sitting and watching other people get smashed. So mm. I can still, I can still socialise with George. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I still, I still love doing it, but not as a default, not because I can't think of anything else to do. Right. That's, that's that's drinking I don't I mean, enjoy exactly I mean I, well I don't really drink by anymore weirdly but I, I, I do like going to pubs uh, with people but definitely there's a, a thing whereby people invite you to things you can't afford and mm. then when they, when you say no you start to get this reputation of someone who doesn't want to be social Mm-mm. whereas in fact mm. you're someone who doesn't who can't afford to be social mm. uh, or ca- can afford mm. to be social if people had stopped making mm. it a requirement for it to cost money yeah. to see people I mean yeah. London doesn't help with that because most of your friends are all in different parts of the, the yeah. city and so you can't literally drop round a mate's house without it costing you at least yeah. the, the travel on the t- tube yeah and, and what's sociable about repeating yourself and then forgetting everything that you said <laughs> that's and true that's not particularly <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true although I mean I would say you know I, I do meet up with a few people from from Apple's kind of semi-regularly I mean we're all rubbish at being regular and I think I don't necessarily need the booze to, to, to open up, if yeah, you like, but yeah, I think yeah. quite a few men do. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily defending that as a kind of cultural thing. Like, obviously, it'd be better if, if, if that wasn't a requirement, but mm. it's still good to talk to men mm. about, like, your lives in a mm. fun and, like, emotional way. Mm. And, and alcohol can provide that mm. uh, for, those, mm. for those people. And I, I, I like the energy that comes with those nights I just yeah, don't I just I, don't want to be I just yeah. don't want to be drunk yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm being silly you know yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> well, yeah you can be silly sober well yeah you can and I, know, I mean you know in, in any way like not drinking doesn't necessarily mean that I'm sober at these events yeah um, but <laughs> so you're you've got like a recording studio in your house and you're still in bands I mean mm. do you do you have other things that you do like to, to, to pay the rent uh, yeah so I make apps 
Right. Um, I mean, throughout all of it, I was working in IT. Right. Actually, really, the music really started properly when I started contracting because then I could afford to take time off. Because when you contract, you get paid, you know, three times what you need to live on. So I could work for a few months. And it's not like I would take time off. Just when contracts finished, I would just not look for a new contract. And I'd kind of kid myself that I was making music. But in fact, I was sitting around a lot doing fuck all and just actually panicking about making music. And and it's a really difficult time, actually. I did make a lot of music and I made some things that I'm proud of, but it was a really... I was really inexpert at holding all of that together. But now it's sort of come good in that now I'm making... I make apps... Before I was doing TV work and I had to go into an office and the contracts would be quite intense and then I'd be out of work. But for the last two years I've been working on a project and it sort of goes peaks and troughs but at the moment I can I can sort of do it two, three days a week and in fact I just took the last two weeks off to learn bass for this gig. So it's brilliant. At the mo- I, it's finally, the formula has sort of finally That's fallen great. into place. I love it and... Um, as I said, I'm not really making much music, but I, I've been going to, I've been, you know, I did, a, I did, I went to City Lit to do a mixing class. I've been getting drumming lessons and singing lessons again and actually getting guitar lessons again. And it's, it's great. Yeah. Or I'm going to the theatre. You know, I love going to matinees. It, it's, I, it's, it's gold at the moment, I have to say. <laughs> it sounds great. It sounds great. Yeah. Just, and I'm teaching as well. I, you know, I'm teaching at a primary school Thursday mornings. Teaching uh, music? Yeah, I teach guitar oh, to cool. children. Yeah, uh, it's me and I teach two or three at a time. So it's it's not a whole class of kids. I don't think I'd enjoy that. And I, f- I fucking love that. And that has taken a while to get good at. It's taken a while to enjoy. I think I was good at the beginning, but I had this really mad fantasy that I would go in and just... Basically, I, I, I had a whole idea about what I think is wrong with education and what I think is wrong about how music is taught. Right. And so I went in with this really sort of idealistic approach and I basically improvised the classes with like nothing, nothing to go on for over a year. But it was absolutely nerve wracking. And, and a lot of the classes were crash and burn. But some, some really brilliant stuff came out of it and it was really brilliant. But I wasn't sleeping, you know, the night before. Right. And I was kind of hating it even though the results were amazing. Right. Anyway, it was like this weird sort of art experiment that I was conducting. But I've become much better at enjoying it. I've become a much better teacher. And I don't completely improvise now, but because I did that, I know that I can let classes go off and we can just roam anywhere because kids are improvising and creating all the time and it's mental that they would come into a music class and stop doing that. Right, well, that's what... I, when I went to... I, I think I went to guitar lessons uh, at school, in secondary school, and uh, I kind of went in and was, like, you know, expecting to be shown a few chords so yeah. I could play a song. Yeah. And the teacher was like, no, you have to learn every note. Oh. And you have to, like, do, like... Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, whatever, like, crotch it, crotch it, quake, like, yeah. like, you know, and it's like... It's bonkers. Well, I didn't. I didn't go back. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't go back, yeah, yeah. and I learned off my mates. Yeah. And I'll never be as good a guitar player yeah, yeah. because of that experience. Yeah. Because yeah. if I had someone who'd taught me, and also 
given me some confidence because yeah. I have no confidence around it because I've only learned chords. Mm. I mean, I'm very, I can't play bar chords. That's mm. how bad mm. I am, mm. right? Mm. Um, you know, that was always the joke in Apples, like any of my songs, <laughs> yeah. it's open chords only. Yeah. Right, I can't play. Not even an F. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, so like, you know, obviously limitations lead you to coming up with interesting solutions to those limitations mm. too. Mm. I mean, the music that inspired me originally was kind of like punk or post-punk or whatever. It was people mm. picking up stuff that they didn't know what the fuck it yeah. was and making some sounds out of it and working out what they liked. Yeah. Like kind of what you're talking yeah. about, like how that's how yeah. kids are initially before yeah. they've had any training. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can knock that out of them yeah. or you can not knock that out of them. Yeah. It's much better if you don't, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I, I appreciate the, yeah. the the way it sounds like your approach Well, I get is. them to write stuff. Right. You know, but right. what they write, they don't even know they're writing. Right. I mean, it could be anything from like, they, there could be some spoken word in it, there could be like some movements. They just basically put to, I mean, they kind of know it's a guitar lesson, so guitars are involved. Right. But it's just a performance, you know, and yeah. it's really fun. I mean, when you write out, obviously, I have to write out some kind of arrangement so they can sort of remember what ideas they came up with. And they learn that it's actually really difficult. If you want to perform something that was good, that you want to repeat, you kind of need to you need to find a way to describe it right. and write it down right. so you can memorize it. So I'm kind of teaching them stuff like that about how something can work, why it won't work. You could do something completely free, but if you want to do something, will you have the bottle to do that on stage? Right. You know, so I, I do all that sort of stuff and I do a lot of recording. I record them all the time. That sounds great. On my phone. And so I do all this stuff with like, you know, you've got to be silent before you start recording and you need to find a way of ending it because I need to know when to press stop. So I'm just kind of teaching them sort of band collaborative skills. Right. I get them to count each other in. I say, well, you know, you need, before you count in, you need eye contact with each other. Or someone might not want to give you eye contact, but they need to look like they're ready and you need to know that they right. look ready. So you kind of know what how their part starts. If their plectrum's kind of hanging over the right string and they're looking down, I think that person's kind of ready to start. So I do all this sort of... It's relationship work. Right. Because I that's all what... Me, uh, that's what's fucking so fantastic about music is collaborating and stuff and discovering each right, other and absolutely. joking about things. And of course, all that stuff, there's loads of joking and teasing and mucking about that goes on with that. And someone will pretend that they're not ready to start the song because they're looking at the ceiling. And it's just, there's just so, right. you know, so they muck around with it. But that's what happens in a, in a rehearsal yeah. or a functioning rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. It's, when, it's when people aren't making jokes that you know there's a problem. Yeah. That often, it's like when everyone's like angry and yeah. like not, uh, yeah. like mucking around that's definitely a, a moment when you're like is this actually working Cause yeah. if, you, if you I mean obviously bands have to weather whatever personal interactions happen and you, you play the gig regardless yeah. but the, the ideal is is kind of what you're describing mm. that's that's my ideal band yeah so it's, it's really cool that you're giving kids that that kind of experience early on like that kind of model yeah my, my goal is to kind of get them hooked also to teach them about how you might make stuff how you might create right. in a team that's that's sort of what I'm trying to I guess that's what I'm trying to teach them yeah but in terms of their musical development they're so young I mean if you're going to be a top concert pianist you need to be taught by someone else other than me right and you do need to do all this crotchets <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. And you need to do all that before, you know and you, you need to do all that boring work because you need to start at that age six well, seven eight years old I mean the thing but is I almost feel that's like kind of pointless fucking goal yeah my, my goal is that 
get them into If it, those kids right. are still interested in music at my age and the guitar isn't under the bed or behind the bedroom door, then that's my, my work is done. Right. I just want them to live musical lives and to know that music making is available to them at any time of their life. They can start it, drop it. It's meant so much to my life. Right. I'd be dead without it. Right. And so I think it's it's something that I want other people to have access to. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. so good. I mean, and, and the, like, that's the thing I, I think about my, my that guitar teacher. Like, I didn't learn chords off, off him and couldn't play a, a, a song. But if I had, then when I was like excited by it then teach me the theory yeah, yeah. like i wish yeah, i knew yeah, 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 yeah. i wish i knew the theory yeah. too like yeah. one of the biggest kind of regrets is that i don't know a lot of music theory yeah. i can't do all of that stuff like the other people you know when you collaborate in bands yeah. you suddenly realize what you don't know because yeah. like you say you see all of these other talented performers and uh, musicians who have like these skills you kind of learn a bit of their skills off them but yeah. you'll never be the same level as if you'd have understood it when you were younger Totally. Like, yeah. Getting people excited yeah. and, and giving them ownership of what they're doing. Yeah. And certainly with a guitar, it's kind of almost ridiculous. If someone says, I want to be able to play a song, mm. you can teach them a song mm. by the end of that mm. first mm. session. Mm. They won't play it well, mm. but they'll be able mm. to play. Mm. They'll be able to, to do what they're starting to imagine mm. that they might be able to mm. do. All of that stuff can happen later, mm. I think, a mm. little bit later. Mm. It has to happen early mm. if you want it to be like when your brain mm. is, mm. whatever it is, plastic and able to mm. like actually take an information. Like, but you're talking about one in several million people. I mean, how many people want to be top concert pianists no, or no, lead yeah, violinists sure. of you know the Philharmonic? I mean, that's that, that, that. These are really, really rare cases. Right. For most people, music is a completely different thing, or can be a completely different. Right. Thing. It's what the fun. Yeah. What is the function of music? Like yeah. as well. I often think this with the arts in general. Like everybody's sort of like steers younger people towards like professional careerizing mm. it like how are you going to make money out of mm. it all of these things and it's like art plays a load of different functions mm. and not all of them are about money and not all of them I mean I know you know yeah. it's certainly like even well, if they are about money money doesn't even come yeah. um, but like there's lots of different like it's just as valid for someone to play a guitar for fun and not actually play anything that anyone else wants to listen to uh, for their entire life if they're doing that if they're getting joy from Mm. playing an instrument then it doesn't really matter about all the the other things some people will be into performance some people will be into recording some people will be into improvising some people will be into like specific detailed composing all Mm. of these things but Mm. like that that it's multifunctional, mm. not one one function. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm just going to take this moment actually to uh, get us coffee because uh, background <laughs> background sound fans. I'd also have, be dead without that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, background sound fans will have, have noticed that the coffee was coming because there's been a kind of dragon sound in the background. The machine makes this kind of bubbly dragon sound. I am publishing a book through Unbound. Unbound are a publishing company, which means that they don't publish things that they don't think are good and that they edit and they support their authors. The thing that makes them different from other publishing companies is they're half publishing company and half 
crowdfunding company, which means that the way that the books get published is that people who want to read the books pre-order those books. They can pre-order them as a digital copy or as a hardback, or they can pledge more money to get different kinds of things along with the book that they're pre-ordering. Unbound approached me in December to see if I wanted to adapt my show What About the Men? Mansplaining Masculinity into a book and I said yes please I definitely would like to do that and so that is what I'm doing. If you go to the Unbound website and there'll be a link to this in the show notes you can find Mansplaining Masculinity over there and pre-order a copy of that book. The way that this book is going to get made is by people like you pre-ordering it and pledging to it and people like you telling other people about it, sharing it on social media, recommending it to other people, those kinds of things. You can find out what the book is fully about by reading about it on the page. There's a video of me in a purple dress and fedora with my childhood toy dolphin telling you about what the book is about. Video is your preferred way to absorb information. But basically, Mansplaining Masculinity is about looking into myself and looking out at culture and thinking about how masculinity is constructed and created and how systematic elements contribute both to the ways that men are hurt by society but also the ways that men hurt other people in society. It is not a book that says that men are the problem but it is a book that will say that we can be part of the solution. And if you want to get an idea of what it's like before you pledge to it, you can listen to a podcast of the show that it's adapted from on the website mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. And also there was an episode of BBC Radio 4's Forethought called Liberating Men, which was a reflection on an extension of the show. So listen to those shows, see if you like what you hear, and if you do, then please do support and pledge to make mansplaining masculinity happen. Occasionally this happens where I haven't got the coffee on at the correct time, and so half the episode is like, uh, what is that big industrial kind of growling in the background? Yeah. I'll hog the mic while you're... Um... Yeah, I, I mean, definitely, I think sort of passion has to become ha- has to come before rigour. And right. um, at the moment, I'm sort of learning all this really boring drum stuff. But it's because I kind of fell in love with the drums. So right. I'm doing all these things, you know, I'm doing all these rudiments and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm, enjo- I'm kind of enjoying it. Whereas if you were told to do that before you did any drumming or before you were into drums... You just think, what the hell is this? Well, I've also, I've, I've also got a like, horror story of drums because the first instrument, because I, in my first, I don't know how loud this will be uh, for me speaking from over here, but uh, in my first, uh, my first secondary school, I had, uh, I went to learn drums, and uh, yeah, there was only a limited amount of places uh, that drummers could like they were only taking a certain amount of drummers mm. and uh i couldn't do two 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 sticks at the same time so yeah. i was rejected mm. like basically at 11 years old was mm. auditioned and told mm. i couldn't play drums and uh yeah. i mean i'm not saying i have good rhythm i don't yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't have good rhythm but 
maybe I'd have better rhythm if I'd been taught how to play the drums when I wanted to learn the yeah. drums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, clearly you can tell from the fact that I was trying to learn drums and guitar that I wanted to be in, 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 in you know, make rock yeah. music. Yeah, Although yeah, actually yeah. in primary school I did... Notice, I suppose. Yeah, well in primary yeah. school I did violin, but that was equally... I did it for that, that for about a year and a bit, but... Uh, uh, just about to the point where you were bowing because the first mm. part like the first year of playing the violin lessons is ding 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 like so I, that was another reason I didn't want to uh, yeah. do that with guitar because yeah. I, I knew how uh, how how unengaging that had, uh, had been for me so it drum, can be intimidating because it's a bloody long journey yeah yeah right you know, it is and that's the other thing to tell kids like you're not going to be brilliant straight away yeah and you sort of do need to get quite good at some point, you know, I mean, in the same way that it's really rare that some person, someone would become like this elite musician, it's also quite rare that you can enjoy lots of music or perform or get people to come to gigs if you're really woefully, if you have like no <laughs> technique at all. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's an equally obscure route. Right, right, right. Like your ideas might be so fantastic that you don't require any technical skill on stage or in your band or whatever to enjoy it and for it to go on and on and on but I think that's sort of equally as rare and I think in the middle there's lots of people where you kind of need a balance of a bit of technique and some ideas yeah. and then the ball's rolling I mean, and then you could it. be making music your whole life that's and people it. could be enjoy and other people yeah. might enjoy it as well but you've got these other sort of polar opposites that right. are kind of yeah. You at least have to get it right for one take if you're yeah. going to be recording it. But if you're going to be performing it on stage, you have to learn how to get it right every time. Mm. I mean, when I say I'm not a very good guitar player or I'm not a very good ukulele player, that's not fair. I'm good at playing yeah. songs I practice yeah. and learn and learn how to play yeah. ukulele on that or whatever. And, uh, you know, actually on the, on the ukulele, I'm I'm actually pretty good. Actually, yeah. So I shouldn't actually say that because like, I, 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 I did... I did story times for the under fives for five years or, or six, no, probably seven years overall. And so I was playing ukulele every day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when you play an instrument every day, you get quite good at it. Yeah. Even if you're only playing nursery rhymes every yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can do nursery rhymes in a load of different rhythm yeah. st- styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, that's actually, you know, that was quite helpful when I was in Apples yeah. to have developed that ability. What was the first instrument that came, what was the first thing you fell in love with? Like musically? Guitar. I mean, I was kind of a little bit into pop music when I was really young, and me and my mate sort of thought we were rude boys and we loved like madness and the specials and we wore the clothes and went to Lewisham Precinct, and I guess that was sort of starting to get excited about music. And then I really fancied this girl at school, and she was. She was a brilliant musician and she was sort of my best mate as well and I think I was about 13 and the school used to go on these music trips which which were notorious, like brilliant laugh, kissing was going on, right, music was right, getting right, right. made and it was all up in Scotland Yeah, I've been and I was like, I need to go, I need to be going on this, whatever, the, I need, how do I get to go on this? It's like, well you need to be, it was only for, for kids that were getting one-on-one tuition at the school. I was like, well, I need one-on-one tuition. I have that guitar. And um, the guitar, the, the music master sort of had a bit of a soft spot for my mate. And she chatted him up and I sort of jumped the queue and I ended up getting, I wanted folk guitar lessons, but I got classical guitar lessons. And it's just one of those strokes of luck that I just, my teacher was brilliant. Uh, like absolutely amazing. He knew my granddad 
he had had my granddad was a violinist and he sort of played with my granddad. That was just a coincidence when he heard my surname. He was like, "Are you Robert Lucock's grandson?" <laughs> and we just had this really lovely. It was kind of completely unstated. It was only years later when I thought about it afterwards. How moving I found it, realizing what he'd given me. Um, just in this very calm, weekly, half hour a week way. Right. He just, it was classical music, so I was kind of, it didn't really matter what it was, but he was really passionate about music, loved it. And he, it was just a way of being taught that was nothing like you experienced at school because it was no, none of this, what do they call it, carrot and stick lark. Right. I mean, he was just there to just bring out what you've got. And I found it fascinating. He just he was just a really great teacher. Um, and then that just that really got things going. So then then I sort of started putting together my own bands, and yeah, it just it's just suddenly became really important. It just sort of took over everything basically, uh, right? <laughs> Which is you know yeah, to like buying rec- you know to buying records, finding out about bands, going and seeing bands, and just. Um, I mean, he was still teaching me classical music, so I guess on the side I was starting to learn chords and stuff and, like, figuring out stuff off of records and putting together my own bands with my brother and my mates. All my mates were musicians, were all of us. I had a really great crew of friends. We all used to be on the same route to school and we just all shared the same interests. Like, we were all into, like, football when we were 10. We were all into Dungeons and & Dragons and then and role-playing games and then suddenly we are all into guitars right? Uh, or, or, or instruments in general. So it was just, yeah. Yeah, because you need enough... Yeah, you can't all be into guitars. Yeah. Cause, or at least you can be, but some of you will have to learn There's a bass. bit of jostling guitar. for position. Uh, yeah, yeah, bass, yeah, bass and drums. Yeah. And, there was kind of between us, there was like, I led my band right. and another mate led his band. And right. there was another brilliant, well, he, there was another guy who was the brilliant guitarist, but somehow there weren't enough friends left to go around for him to front <laughs> his band because me and my other mate had nabbed them all. Right, um, right. Yeah, but it's, yeah, that, 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 was, um, that was the start of it. And then I sort of did all my grades and I still had a few months left to go by that time I was in the sixth form. And my teacher was really into jazz. He'd started to get me into listening to jazz. And he was really into Bossa Nova. So he was just teaching me. He was teaching me Corcovado, Girl from Ipanema and all this stuff, Shadow of Your Smile, when I was 17. And, it was, and it's like only now. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in bands where people are looking at this stuff. And I've realised, fuck, you know, God, I was showing this stuff when I was a teenager. Right, that's a great, that's and, a great um, resource. It was blowing my mind. And I also, and I fell in love with it as well. I just fell in love with all this really, so, what people call, you know, soppy music or, you know, hotel foyer music. I, I guess because I received it from Harry Barnett, I just, um, I, I, it just came to me in this way where I could just fall in love with it. I mean, people, and not think, oh, it's cheesy, it's people corny, whatever. People scoff at that kind of music, but it's 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 well-made music, and it's it's also it's doing important like stuff. Like it's yeah. it's got interesting rhythms. Background music is actually hard to achieve. It's, like for, for music to like it's very complicated music. around a, yeah. a kind of a moment. Exactly. But and it's beautiful music. Yeah, and it's it is, really yeah. sentimental. And I like his lyrics. And I like the way he sings his own songs, as well as Astrid Gilbert. You know, do, you know, you know there's the, the classic big albums, and Sinatra did a really huge one. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of really humble. And, right. and, but really, 
loaded with ideas and complexity, rhythmically and melodically and harmonically. Right. It's a, a real. I can't do them. Right. I wish I could make. I wish I could. I've tried to perform music like that. Okay. I just. It's way beyond my skills. Right. But. Um, well, when people hear yeah. that music as well, they 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 hear it divorced from the historical moment that it happened as mm. well. Like it was much more radical or interesting. Mm. And like at the time when mm. that music originally came out, like it wasn't. No one would have thought of it as Muzak or, or background mm, music. Mm, mm. Or well, like, Nova. I mean, yeah. it's new. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's in the name. Yeah. It, was, it was an innovation. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's it. I mean, you know, my dad is 94. And so, like, you know, some of that music was was, was his rock and roll. It was yeah. just, like, indie music. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the, the moment, like, yeah. the exciting sounds, the, yeah. all of the stuff that, you know, we've all geeked out about in, in you know, different generations about yeah. different music. Uh, it's the stuff that, that his generation was feeling about some of that music. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, how did you end up drumming? Is that, like, something you wanted to do because of the fact that you fell in love with music, which, where the drums are very important? I was becoming a bit of a sort of home recording enthusiast. When I was doing my second record, I decided to do it all at home. I'd basically sort of like gone, I thought I'd done a great record, nothing happened, and I was a bit kind of like... Oh, oh God, God. that's know. the worst. I was just it? thinking, like, I don't you, think I can better that. You literally, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you put all your heart and soul, I've had that a couple of times with projects, you put yeah. your heart and soul into it, you, you achieve exactly what you were intending. Like, that's so rare. Like, yeah. most of the time you're like, oh, my stuff will never be as good as I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. But you hear that one time, and then no one cares. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah. what do I actually do now? Yeah, yeah. so I can relate. relate I, just, I just thought, that, that can't be bettered by me. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then, you know, 10 yeah. years' time, you sometimes listen back to it and you have a different opinion. But oh, like at the mo- In the completely. moment, you yeah, know, that's yeah. the thing. And so I was kind of, I, I guess I was still sort of mucking around with ideas and then I bumped into someone who was on a little label uh, uh, in a cinema and he... He said, by the way, you know, just to let you know, fucking love, your record is amazing. What are you doing? Blah, 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 not much. Um, he said, well, this little label I've got, I'm sure they'd love to put it out. So suddenly I was kind of back on. I was back right, on the horse. Right. It's like, whoa, a label? I mean, as it turns out, they had less money than I did when, <laughs> I, put my, when I put it out myself. But it was still really flattering and so yeah. nice to have a team. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just on my own before. Yeah, exactly. Well, there was a trio, but one guy sort of was you know, was having children and he lives in South East London and then my other main collaborator moved back to Australia and I just was like, I, so I was very, I felt really like, fuck, that's all over, I'm on my own, but I've got these songs and then this guy sort of breathed life into it. So I became this home recording kind of guy and I sort of had a very basic setup with a laptop. I kind of like lo-fi made music. It's, it's a bit, I, I don't want to be limited to only doing that, but this was great for this project and for these kinds of songs so I started just sort of putting this thing together in my bedroom and I really got into doing the shakers and tambourines and stuff like that and I realized I'm actually pretty good on these and the cajon I mean it sounds really trivial to people who aren't musicians you think oh you tambourine I mean I'm playing tambourine in a band now it's really hard I, to play those only musicians well. know that yeah, yeah. Like, there's a kind of a knack to it yeah and it's, it's, and it's no, really easy to there's nothing worse than bad tambourine <laughs> yeah. I, I say that as someone who 
who's definitely kind of been part of the problem, not part of the solution at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like non-musicians were just thinking, you are joking, you know, you're really proud about your tambourine playing. Right. But anyway, I just, I was really enjoying putting together these rhythm tracks and I was like doing stuff like, you know, tapping on, it's all organic-y, just banging stuff in the house and recording myself, right. clacking cassette tapes together. Right, and, right, right. You know, I did, you know, thump, playing on my thighs like this and lots of stuff like that. And then I got a cajon and then I thought, I may as well just get some shitty drum kit and I'll just bang down some basic beats just for the sound. Right. So I had this, I bought this crappy drum kit and I started playing it and the more and more I got into it, I was like, actually, I'm really enjoying this. The record got finished, and then I decided to rent a proper studio at Premises in Hackney, which was like loads of money, but I had so many instruments by that point. I mean, I had like congas, timbales, a PA system, drum kits, an electric drum kit, all my guitars. It was just getting too much, because I was still living in rented accommodation, like rented bedrooms. Right, right, right. I had so much gear, but I was doing this contract stuff, so I thought, right, I'll get a dedicated studio, dump all my stuff in there. And I was going in trying to write a third record and all I did was just drum all day and I was just drumming obsessively all day um, to a point where actually I got kicked out of the studio because I was making too much noise. I mean, I was just like doing snare practice for like five hours, you know. (laughs) And when they kicked me out, they put me on a month's notice and I just took my drumsticks, they gave me my deposit back and I just rented a place around the corner and just walked straight there with my drumsticks and carried on practicing that day. Wow. So I was really driven. Um, I think I was, I was a bit, a bit lonely and a bit depressed and it was just going home at night. Oh, it was just horrible. Right. So I just thought, well, I'm in the studio, I'm safe in the studio. This is, I'm loving it. It's going forward. No, no songs are getting written, nothing's getting recorded, but I'm sort of becoming a drummer. You know, within a few weeks, I was in a band, and yeah, so I just sort of, just when I started going for auditions, like right. literally within weeks, right. and got myself in some really trashy sort of um, 60s garage band. Nice. They didn't give a shit <laughs> whether you had any, whether you were any good or not, right. as long as you just didn't get in the way of what they were trying to do. That's all right, they wanted. Right, right. In fact, that's what most musicians want from a drummer. Just yeah. don't get in the way yeah. of what I'm trying to do. Which is very frustrating, <laughs> I think. It's frustrating if you're a brilliant drummer, drummer, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great if you're shit. Right. And you're a musician, and I've written songs, so I kind of knew exactly how to not fuck up what right. they're doing, and they just gave me gave me carte blanche to just go mad. So um, I just I just got really into it. I was practicing every day, so that started it, and then work took over. Blah blah blah. Lost that studio, ran out of money, saved a deposit, bought a house. The, the main thing about buying a house was that I wanted, I needed a basement that I could soundproof because I knew I'd be back into the drums. Right. And that's what I did. So now I'm, so then I've been drumming quite, that's kind of drumming's what I'm mainly doing now. Right, because yeah. dr- drums are like the hardest instrument to practice in a kind of way that doesn't piss off your neighbours. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, sure, electric guitar obviously is also loud, but you can play it without it amplifying yeah, it yeah. you can play Stick acoustic stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and learn uh, learn your craft on the acoustic and then yeah. go into this studio with your electric yeah, yeah. Um, but drums you can't do yeah. it quietly I don't know how people get good on the kit yeah you know unless when you're really young you just don't care or you, you hire out a lot of care. studio time I guess a lot yeah, of people do yeah or you do. practice at school or whatever right 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 I, I, 
it amazes me how drummers get so good because it's such an anti-social thing right. to practice. But I've got really great neighbours. You know, one side they've got um, one side the, the, the kids were at Brit school and they're dancers, right, okay. so they kind of live and let live a little right. bit. And then the other side, um, one one was a family with a yapping dog and a crying kid, and they were all always asking me about the noise. That's going, you got to be joking. Yeah, that's actually the, 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 <laughs> the benefit of having like yeah, kids or, or pets or whatever like next door to you or above you. In, in in my case, it's like they're very like they are so worried that they're pissing you off that yeah. they don't ever complain yeah, yeah. about your noise. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah right. Like and, and and drums, yeah, drumming. It's it's such an important. The rhythm section in general is very mm. important, and not enough lead singers, definitely, but also guitarists appreciate mm. the importance mm. of that. I mean, drummers and bassists are often. There's a lot of jokes about mm. those uh, those groups of people, mm. and you know, I'm not saying I haven't occasionally engaged in some mm. of that, um, as I'm sure you will have done. Um, but at the same time, I think people. You know, good musicians value the rhythm mm. section properly mm. for what it is. Mm. And I think listeners often, like, don't get as excited, or some, some people do, obviously, mm. but the, the, the drums and bass kind of, people don't see how important and mm. great and, like, essential they are to, mm. to our listening experiences mm. to really mm. great tracks. It's kind of annoying being in bands and around musicians that aren't evolved enough to know how important drums are. That's me being snotty. No, sure. But it is. It's frustrating because it's really weird after having been in bands, being the, being playing at the front and being the, the writer and all the rest of it, to then be in the back seat. And of course, I never used to tell anyone that I can play the guitar or that I've done... I, I, I was in bands or anything like that. I, I just... There's You've no point. You've been Morrissey on stage. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and, I, I would ne- and also because I was into the drums. So yeah. I, I, was no, I had no interest in picking up someone's guitar and having a little noodle when we're having a fag break. It just right. didn't... Uh, I wasn't interested in that. So no one knew I could play... So you do you do get talked down to quite a lot. And I just think, this is ridiculous that drummers have to put up with this yeah. nonsense. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think... even, when just, even at the, the you know, staff, when you're loading stuff in and out, you really right. are a second-class citizen. It's right. weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing. Like, yeah, it is, it is such a... You know, basically, a lot of front people will, like, see drums and bass a little bit as, like, they need the backing track to be able to do their genius. Yeah. And, like, so they just want, basically, someone to turn up in a rehearsal studio and do absolutely boring drumming for four hours and get shouted at any time they make a mistake because it's ruining the genius of the the song. And then, like, what's in it for the drummers? What's in it for the bassists? Like, front people respect the the core of what you're doing. Yeah. But also, I mean, you know, as much as in apples, people would make jokes about any particular position in the in the in the yeah. in the band. So as much as we gave drums and bass grief, mm. you know, front vocals and uh, guitars mm. and all of that were also given a lot of grief. Yeah. But something about like doing apples really taught me how important I think drums and bass are. Mm. Uh, like particularly as you say, like with apples, it was always about we all had to get there to get the drums in and out. Yeah. Whereas so many bands, it's like the drummer's expected to like yeah, yeah. Do, take responsibility for getting all of their kit up and down the yeah. stairs yeah, and yeah. get showered out by the front yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and also like we had percussionists 
like we had people who weren't just doing the standard drums we had like congos and yeah. bong- bongos and all yeah. kinds of complicated like percussion going on mm. and and that's opened my mind in mm. a way that like obviously i've been listening to tracks with brilliant drumming mm. all my life mm. but hadn't been paying attention to how brilliant the drumming mm. was mm. um you know, and I guess as well, like because there are drum machines, and I do love music made with drum machines. Mm. It, it can sometimes be something where you think, well, if you can automate mm. drums, then what the hell are drummers really doing? Like, mm. well, do we even need them? And mm. the answer is yes, if you're doing live mm. stuff, I think. But also, mm. drum machines and drums are different. Mm. It's like keyboards and pianos are different, mm. um, and you need both. Yeah. Uh, for I, I, well, I need both. Well, of I course, both. of course, it's possible to make music without drummers. Right. It is. And if yeah. you're making music with a drummer then therefore that drum is right. important. Exactly. I mean, it's easy to make exactly. music without sitars. Right, right. If you've got a sitar player in a band, then it's kind of important. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, drummers, they, they, they rarely get the limelight, and if they do get the limelight, it's because they become Something singers. Something went really wrong. Well, yeah, they become, they, they become singers, like yeah. Phil they, Collins they or Phil the Collins. Foo Fighters yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and I guess the other instrument, the other instrument that you play is... Like voice, right? Because mm. that's another thing people mm. don't think of singing as an instrument. Mm. They mm. don't think of like of your voice as something you have to craft and work mm. on and learn mm. how to use. I mean, mm. I'm glad I've learned how to use my voice because if I'd have stuck mm. where I was when I was in bands as a teenager, mm. I'd be singing in a terrible American accent. Yeah. Um, and I would not like be doing anything interesting. Like, I was yeah. always like very. Uh, I was listening back to some of my really early recordings the other yeah. day, and it's like very, very top level. Like there's no bass. There's no like yeah. th- thinking about like widening out the sound. It's all very nasal, I guess, in what I was doing. And I, I wouldn't have known any of yeah. these words at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't consciously worked on my singing. Yeah. I've just sung a lot yeah. uh, for years. And actually yeah. now I, I have a, a better grasp of how yeah. to use the instrument of the voice. Yeah. I mean, did, when did you start singing? Did you start before or after you, you picked up the guitar? I was always a terrible singer. And when we were, when we were doing bands when we were kids, someone had to do it. And so I... I elected myself to do it but I wasn't very good <laughs> and I think yeah I I haven't really looked at the voice properly I, I've just sort of bumbled my way along I've got it's it, through experience I've, right. I, I've improved a bit right uh, I, I improved a lot I'm a lot better yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, a lot better than I was but, you were the um, singer in the UK States and I really yeah, enjoyed your voice but I kind of yeah Which when I was. think when I actually I think the voice was one of the weakest elements of that of that concept fair, fair enough yeah, but yeah. at the same time I think it was still a good voice thank it's, you it's yeah uh, it's um, singers are funny about the voices you know no, oh, no one's ever, no one's ever going to come out and say I'm a great singer well some I mean, nearly all singers say some people do I can't sing I mean actually there's a big part of me good. that I can't you know I can't sing you know there's a big part of me that feels like I can't sing right um, and that's always a problem as well I always like it's like I'm pretty convinced that George has got an amazing voice yeah but he'll never use it it's really I'm hard to catching get him to wisps do it. of other people in rehearsal yeah yeah thinking, yeah fucking hell you're a better singer than I am why, why aren't you singing right you know yeah there's and so like, many good singers knocking around but well, people people that don't particularly 
connects with being a singer. But people are told they're not good. Like this is a, a, like this idea of what singing is is a bit yeah. of a problem. Yeah. Like the, 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 there's like it's, it's a bit like beauty standards in society. Mm. Like there's a certain kind of idea of what a voice should be mm. like, mm. and everyone's like, mm. oh fuck, my voice mm. isn't like that. Mm. But like my my favorite vocalists. Are, are nearly always hmm. unusually Can't voiced. Sing. Yeah, I mean, like you know, <laughs> yeah. Ian Curtis. Yeah, on lots of levels can't sing yeah. like, I'm not going to deny that yeah. but on other levels like I've not heard a voice that's yeah. moved me yeah. in certain ways that his voice does like all of, you know all of them like there, there is like <laughs> yeah. Darren Heyman is another one I really love and again people hate his voice yeah. like he was in Hefner uh, which is again like a, not a band people necessarily have yeah. heard of I don't always like his songs but Tom Waits or whatever you know the, 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 the yeah. classic uh, bad singers are often you know, using their instrument really well yeah. and a little bit like how I have to learn how to play the guitar I can play. Yeah. Like the bad singers in inverted commas have often learned how to be a bad singer in an yeah. effective way. Yeah. So everyone's working on their craft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even if people are like screaming or mm. shouting, like there's a lot of screaming, like actually metal vocals are really hard mm. uh, sure. to achieve. Like yeah. I've, tr- I've occasionally attempted it. Two days on it. the trot, I'm sure it's uh, really hard. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like the tour. Doing yeah, that exactly. Crazy. Right. And there's yeah. a lot of like really interesting musicianship that goes into metal stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it's my favorite yeah. uh, genre to listen to, but when you stop and kind of objectively like think what's going into that, people think that there's a lot less work goes into music, I feel like, than actually does because all they see is the performance Mm. moment, the kind of moment when it looks easy because Mm. someone's worked Mm. to make it look easy. Yeah. But I feel there's still a big romance about voices. I think there's still a big idea that you're you're born singing or not. Right. It's like um, natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't sign up to that, but I've kind of allowed that to happen to me. You know, I've kind of not thought I was a singer, carried on not thinking I was a singer, but I do sing anyway, despite that, because I I kind of like doing it and it's an important part of the music. It's one of those, it's one of those natural talent, people think that that's a natural talent thing and they don't realise a lot of people put a lot of work into becoming good singers. But it depends even what your natural talent is. Like when I was growing up, I was... A, a choir boy I could sing yeah. kind of choir stuff and I was in yeah. like uh, so you had a good ear the, at least right I was in youth yeah. choir like what's South Glamorgan and what uh, Cardiff and South Glamorgan youth choir like yeah. I got into that so I must have had a good voice in that respect yeah. but when I tried to be a, a rock singer yeah. people hated my voice yeah. and, and like so so even though my initial kind of relationship to my voice was like oh people are saying I can do this quite well mm. and then I was in musicals or whatever in the drama sort of mm. department the kind of singing I wanted to do mm. like Radiohead or like mm. Pulp I wanted to mm. be that's what I wanted to mm. be mm. like yeah, I I, I, I I disappointed myself, but oh, also, yeah. like, yeah. got got told my voice wasn't good and, like, yeah. internalised that. Yeah. Um, so it took, like, years to find how to kind of marry the, the rock and choir yeah. elements of, yeah, my, yeah. of my singing, and I, I think I can do it now, but I don't know. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Were you a fan of Pavement? Yeah, I like Pavement. Yeah. I mean, I is it Steve Malkmus, the the lead guy? I, I think so. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I like Pavement, but I'm not a fan. Oh, well, I'm they, not I mean, a fan. They're I'm amazing. Fan. I, I enjoy I, their I music. love them. You know, in the nineties, yeah. I saw them quite a lot. And um, and funny enough, I was sort of googling about singers that can't sing this week, and I sort of read an interview of his, and I always thought that he's this brilliant singer, 
and I just thought, but because it's very kind of unusual what he does in pavement, kind of right. science sounds that's, out that's of tune really true. in the same way that the guitars sound out of tune, but right. they're, they're sort of not. Right. It it it's, it it works somehow. It works, and um, and I just always had this idea that he's obviously you know he was probably a brilliant singer as a kid and at school and can sing jazz, but he's in a cool rock and roll slacker band so he sings like this in this band and I read this interview and he went oh no I couldn't I can't sing I couldn't sing for Toffee and um, it took me it took me a long time to sort of improve so he actually really was singing out of tune genuinely out of tune and I always thought it was just genius I always thought it was a choice right 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 right, 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 right. <laughs> that, that's just how he felt about that song that it should be a little bit pitchy and he was just using his voice in a really clever way it wasn't at all <laughs> he just couldn't he just couldn't then, sing I mean he wasn't consciously at all like that's the other thing like he was obviously singing and going I want to keep singing this part over this part Mm. because it creates this effect yeah I'm enjoying the effect it's creating yeah but that effect was you know a semitone out or whatever like I don't know yeah again I've already admitted I don't know music theory so I don't know why I'm trying to use it well there's there's, there's a sort of story about um, Public Image Limited we're in the studio doing some stuff and Ornette Coleman was there. Oh, wow. And he was in the studio and he went, in to, yeah, he went in to listen. Like I, I think he was just like next door or something and they asked him to come in and listen. And he went, hmm, I don't know about that. And um, he said it needs something off that's off. And then they faded up the vocal and he went, oh, that's it. That's, that's, what, it, that's what it needed. <laughs> no, and that's right. Because he's that's very right. pitchy. Yeah, yeah. But that's his thing. Yeah, and, I mean, and, it, and it's and it's what the music needs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Orn, what Ornette Coleman does is 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 unf- like I love it actually. I, I'm not a massive fan of a lot of jazz, but I do really love Ornette Coleman. But I, I don't understand it. Like, oh, I, like I listen to it, I'm going like, what the hell happened to me? <laughs> but I yeah. like that feeling at the end. I hardly like, understand the, the Beatles, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let alone that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, only, right, way beyond. Yeah, he was the only person who really fully understood what he was doing, and even then, probably not fully. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. So much is intuition and, yeah. uh, like, instinct. Like, it's it's different from saying, like, you I think. You can understand it emotionally, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Not just not musically. Right. I mean, because yeah. that, that's the thing. It, it's not true to say that voices are kind of a natural thing, and you, you totally do need to work on them. But it's also not, not true to say that it's all about being kind of technically right. Because mm. actually, that was one of the things I found with my voice is that I could sing in tune, but the tone wasn't something that people enjoyed Mm. so that like actually technically Mm. uh, sometimes you know it would be in tune it would be Mm. like musically stamping your foot I'm in tune it'd tick all the boxes but it doesn't if if the tone isn't right if it's if it's not emotionally working for people and also tune is overrated like Mm. Stravinsky's Rite of Spring was like out of tune to people because it was recreating it was creating new tune it was creating like punk did the same like Like stuff we stuff that was alien to our ears is mm. now really comp. Like that's one of the things I have to think about. Like hard rock. Mm. Like I put together playlists for the storytelling nights I do, and like they're themed around a theme. So I kind of get into lots of different genres and listen mm. to different genres. And like it's funny how often it's like I'm like, oh no, ACDC, that'll be really too much for the. For, and I like listen to it. I'm like, oh, that's like 
really like background music now. Yeah. Like, but obviously it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't when it when it came yeah. out. It was yeah. hard rock. But now, like hard yeah. rock's like, nah, I can listen to that in the background. That's yeah. nothing. So Which, are, you, are you out singing at the moment? Then are you doing something? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Singing? I'm not really doing very much musically at the moment. Like I'm. I wrote a song at the beginning of last year. Um, that was the last time I kind of have, have kind of done anything really. I'm, I'm I'm very out of sync with my. I haven't even picked up, you know, I haven't even picked up my guitar this year. Mm. And well, that, that's, it hasn't been that many months this year, but probably not much of last year either. Mm. Which is, you know, something I want to work back in. Mm. I'm, I'm doing too much editing. Is this your audio. main thing at the moment? Podcasting well, and stuff. Yeah, I do a number of podcasts, and I do I, I do podcasts for other people for money, and I. I do uh, true storytelling and performance mm. as well. So, and I, I write as well. Like, it, it's not that I'm I'm not slacking off by not doing music. There's just mm. only so many mm, mm, mm. creative pursuits you can fit in. Yeah. But I do find being someone who works in lots of mediums, after a few years of not doing one, I start really longing for that. Mm. And I'm definitely in a phase. I'm I'm really longing for it. coming back. Yeah, I'm longing yeah. for music and I'm longing for prose mm. writing. Right. Like those are the two things I'm really missing because mm. I'm not doing them mm. in my life at the moment I make a podcast drama but that is improvised and so it's not written yeah exactly right of course Um, so because that's improvised and not written it's still not fully it's it's exercising some really cool performance stuff that I haven't done in a while so I'm really enjoying acting at the moment but it's not even scratching the itch of like writing fiction even though it's a fictional show so like yeah music and writing fiction because I've done quite a lot of um, creative non-fiction of Mm. late and obviously if the if the mansplaining book gets funded, uh, mm. listeners, please fund it, then I'll be writing some more creative non-fiction, if mm. you like. But yeah, those are the things I, I, I long for. And I guess you probably have that as someone who plays a few instruments. After a few years of doing all the drumming, you'll, mm. you'll, you'll miss singing or like... Well, I was singing in this band. I, I um, I, yeah, what, what I was doing this week, there's a lot of singing in that, backing vocals, like harmonies and stuff. So yeah, yeah, and we, we rehearsed yesterday for the first time with this other really beautiful folk singer called Mary Hampton and it's just great to hear the harmonies again I mean I've been working on my part slavishly Mm. all week and then to finally be in a rehearsal where it's kind of come together right. and I think we'll be alright for the gig yeah. and it's just like that first and then you know you know when you realise you, you have a rehe- you, you run through something and it goes well enough that you think well this is going to be okay yeah. and then you run it some more because you're just like now we have no fear. Right. Now, now we don't need to worry anymore. We will do an adequate job. Right. So let's just let's roll roll it a few more times and just you know, and then you're just bringing it out a little bit more, right. and a little bit more, and a little right. bit more, and just really hearing each other's voices hovering. Right. Because the anxiety's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just like, okay, job done. Yeah. Now let's make music. It's yeah. so nice. Uh, yeah. So I do get that hankering. Um, but then this morning before I came. I just really wanted to play some guitar. You know, I woke up this morning and I just thought, I've been playing bass non-stop for fucking two weeks. <laughs> um, where's the guitar gone? Right. It's just like, yeah, it's just had a good old noodle before I came right. out. But do you, do you have a sort of, um, like a vision for where things are going? Is it important to you to have a vision? I mean, I always have ambitions or dreams or like things I would like to achieve. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite often quite goal orientated weirdly right. as much as I'm kind of against that politically or whatever but yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't I don't at the moment have a 
a route, a kind of way of like seeing how music can work for me financially or mm. like whatever. But I, I definitely want to, you know, write some more songs, write an mm. album, like that sort of thing. But even outside even of music, bands too. I mean, do you have a vision of where you might be in, say, five years' time? No, I mean... I, the vision's I, probably I do grandiose. and I don't. I do and I don't. <laughs> like, like I, I do and I don't. Like, I know what I want. I want to get to a point where I get paid to make the art that I want to make. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, people allow me to jump about across different mediums and yeah. do different things and exercise different things. But then scaling down lower than that, you know, just being successful in one medium yeah. enough to support myself would be great my goals are less yeah they're less ambitious they're less grandiose than they were right i i no longer think oh i'm gonna be a rock star yeah i no longer think oh i'm gonna be you know uh i I don't know a hollywood actor or whatever like Mm. there there are things that i are clearly they might happen Mm. but the pathway to them isn't Mm. isn't as obvious Mm. as 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 maybe I naively thought I could like just you know when you're younger I think or at least I when I was younger I I, I thought this is what I want to be and if I just really want it hard mm. enough it'll happen mm. and obviously I put in a lot of work since then to try mm. and make these things happen mm. um, but that work has taught me it's much harder it's much more complicated than you think like mm. even if I was to become a novelist I probably would have to have a day job like this mm. is the, the the reality that we live mm. in a lot of the kind of people who we admire in the arts are still struggling yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so yeah I've got no I've got less of a plan mm. I know I want to move out of London so I can right. have a cheaper time yeah. of being a, a, a low-paid artist yeah I live with the potential that any day everything could change right any Mm. day something could pay Mm. off Mm. someone could contact me with a Mm. a a sustainable offer Mm. of something Mm. and that you know so Mm. i guess i'm still playing the the arts lottery in some ways like but when you say being paid to make the art that you want to make so do you have an idea of what that art is that you want to make oh i mean i want to carry on making fiction i want to carry on doing non-fiction stuff like i want to keep on telling stories that come from i guess a kind of mixture of kind of personal interests and political interests Mm. in lots of different mediums Mm. um that's my ideal Mm. and if i can achieve that in whatever way I, i kind of i guess i i've got to the point where i think Plans just generally bring me <laughs> sadness. Agony. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm trying to kind of like refocus what does success mean? Yeah. Like, can I find success in other ways than the, the ways that I thought it was important to find it yeah. when I was younger? Yeah. And I think I'm kind of getting there. Like, when I talk about being paid, I'm not talking about being rich. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about like yeah. the basic. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm quite modest in what I, yeah. what I want. Being modest in what you want is still quite high expectations in this society mm. in lots of ways. Mm. I mean, do you know what you want? Like, where you want to be creatively, what you want to do? No, no, I don't. I mean, because I, I, I sort of feel like it's a really good time right now. Right, it sounds like you're in a sweet spot. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm kind of ambitious about all... Well, each of the things could go in different directions. I mean, I definitely want to improve as a drummer. I mean, I've talked a lot about drumming, but I'm still not that good. You know, I'm still pretty inexperienced as a drummer. Right. So, but I'm just really enjoying the journey and I love, love the band I'm in. And I, at the moment... I'm into it, so yeah, that's sort of going somewhere. Um, the teaching could expand. Us again, I'm just happy where it is right now. But I, 
I get asked to do other things and I just I don't quite want to do them yet but I mean like you know doing like rock club stuff in, in lunch in, in the lunchtime or in the evenings and then I mean I really could I, it's got to a point where there's enough kids who are interested in what I'm doing where I could do like residential things and weekends and, so I don't know I mean I could even open a school you know right. um, well because I, I, re- I do really love it I, I, I do really love it um, I mean I could tell that from when you were talking about yeah. it before you know you were very passionate about that yeah I just I guess there's just too many you know like any of these things any of these projects they just they take over so I'm just sort of a bit wary of anything really taking over right, right now I'm just sort of enjoying keeping lots of plates in the air and um, rather than me having to push something I'd like to be drawn into something Right. Uh, so that's sort of how I feel about it at the moment. Interesting. I mean, that's yeah. kind of about valuing what you do as well. Like, that's the thing, like, saying yes to everything is good in some ways, mm. but it's also, it, 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 it means that, yeah, like, people don't come. Yeah, I I know what you mean about being drawn. Uh, that would be, I'd love that. Mm. I mean, I, 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 I'm definitely at a point where I'm like, I just want an agent. I just want somebody yeah. somebody to, to see what I do and uh, get me the opportunity, like, yeah. come to me with the opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's hard because obviously it's hard to value what you do like yeah. it's taken me a long time to to feel confident about the things I think I have got that I can bring to yeah. them and it sounds like you, you, you've had a sort of similar yeah. similar experience like now you know that you are good at certain kind of elements yeah. of doing music but like you haven't always felt like that yeah. you've generally felt like you weren't good enough right and that's how I've also felt can I recommend a book Yes. Well, in fact, I should so say, anyone that's listened this far, yeah, how long yeah. are we into? Well, now? we're definitely over an hour. And right. I, sh- I should say before you rec- recommend that book. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, a pleasure getting better acquainted with you, and, and I feel you, like yeah, I yeah. literally could carry on talking yeah. for hours and hours and hours. But listeners Let's will, will, will never appreciate <laughs> that. The last question that I ask everybody is: Do you have anything to plug? Uh, and it sounds like you're going to plug this book, so we should plug the book and then anything else. The book else. is just something that just really helped me at a point. It's called The Music Lesson, and it's by Victor Wooten, who is a bass player. And when I... I can't remember how I stumbled across it, but when I read it, I instantly bought it for everyone in my band. And <laughs> in the same way that when I went to see Rock School... I instantly cancelled rehearsals and said everyone needs to go and see Rock School. Because that was equally as fucking uplifting about music. It's just something that sort of took a bit of a weight off my shoulders in terms of trying to work out whether you've got talent or what musician you are. And unfortunately it's told in a slightly... Is it Paul Coelho that wrote The Alchemist? Yeah. It's kind of written in this kind of self-helpy, slight spiritual way with a kind of fantasy character which is really annoying because what he's actually talking about is really true and it didn't need to be sold it didn't need this dressing up to make it a more of an appealing read but the basis of it is that there's def- lots of different aspects of music and he's, he, I think he has 12 of them of which the notes are only one so that's everything that's your melody and your harmony I mean when you're taught at school It's all the fucking notes. And there's nothing else to be considered. Right. And it's just... And and then it goes... And then, I mean, you can sort of see where it's going to go. So then you kind of got rhythm. Then you got message. You got intent. You've got uh, your, you know, um, your will or whatever. 
and then love and of course I mean because he's going in this direction it right, right. eventually extends to spirituality and that's that's not really in line with me but up to probably step 10 I was with him all the way and the more I was reading I was like maybe this is why I make music maybe this is why sometimes some people say I'm quite good because I never thought I was very good because I've got terrible memory for music my ear isn't very good. I can't hear harmony very well. When I hear melodies, I just simplify them because they're too... T- you know, I've got so many musical, natural musical obstacles where I see other musicians around me, I feel got far more natural talent. But I have continued to do it. And people do sometimes like what I do or say that I'm right. good. And I just go, well, maybe it's because of some of these other things that I, right. that I have valued and that I have got good at. Right. You know, like listening to people, responding to ideas, just lots yeah, of stuff, you know, a mishmash of stuff. So it's a really great book. And, and for anyone that's trying to figure out what they've got to offer in music, I think it's a really good read. And you don't need to, you just take out of it what you want. It's not a rule book and it's not a religion. It's just consider some of these ideas right. and they might actually kind of make you feel bit better about what you're doing a bit more secure in what you're doing i mean i'm all for anything that that helps those kind of uh, experiences of like yeah feeling more secure and uh, good about what you do i'll check that out like that sounds mm. like a good book for, like, for me to read too um and is there anything else that you have to plug at the moment i don't have anything to plug uh unless you want my jazz band to play your wedding or something um <laughs> you know we, we're my jazz band are looking for gigs when you said earlier about a vision I think for me, a vision, one big aspect of it is a partnership. I don't really want to just lead something on my own ever again. Right. So it's collaboration. And that collaboration could be opening a school. It could be trying to make this jazz band really great. It could be writing an album. It could be building a really great studio where I am. Um partnerships are so important so the only thing i plug is that if you've heard anything that from what i've said that rings a bell you know I, i'm up for collaborations and i'm up for being drawn into things whatever they are it could even be a great app idea you know but <laughs> it'd have, that'd have to be paid <laughs> i don't do right. apps for ideas right, i do right, apps right. for money but um yeah. you know that that's yeah, i feel that's very it. similar about editing other people's work yeah yeah i only do that for pay i enjoy doing it when i'm doing it yeah I, I wouldn't do it yeah if i wasn't being paid right right I, I don't get up in the morning and start writing code right you know for fun right <laughs> <laughs> right some people do some people do i know yeah yeah, if, yeah. It makes it a tough market because <laughs> you're competing with loads of hobbyists right <laughs> Well, that's. I mean, that's, I only do it during working hours. I mean, that's very similar I'm to the competing with all these loons who yeah. do it all day. But that's very similar to the arts as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the thing that you can, you know, if you want to get paid to make art, the problem is there's ten other people who don't care about being paid. Yeah, you know, oh, definitely. Who will yeah, also yeah. be available. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that makes. I am sort of getting into that privileged position where I don't need money for. The, the music it's a great position to yeah. be in and I, I, I miss it yeah I mean when right. I did that tour last summer it was unpaid right you know the expenses were paid but I didn't make any money I mean I, yeah, I had to take a week off work to do it right for me that's great best holiday of my life right. but for proper for people that need to make a living from yeah I mean art, I miss impossible I miss having a day job for that reason that I feel yeah. like when I had a day job 
I could say yes to things that wouldn't be about money, yeah. and now I can't say yes to things that I'd love to do yeah. because they they, they don't oh, pay any money. So it's, it's an interesting, yeah. interesting thing. Like you know, it's a bit like you know the Smiths. You're looking for a job, then you find a job. Heaven knows I'm miserable now. The last thing I ask my guests to do is yeah. to say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. If you're interested in hearing about masculinity and what patriarchy does to men and to all people, if you go to the Unbound website, and there'll be a link to this in the show notes, you can find Mansplaining Masculinity over there and pre-order a copy of that book. Unbound is a kind of cross between a publishing company and a crowdfunding company, which means that the way that the books get published is that people who want to read the books pre-order those books they can pre-order them as a digital copy or as a hardback or they can pledge more money to get different kinds of things along with the book that they're pre-ordering you can find all of that stuff over on mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk if you're interested in reading about me and my dad and our relationship and dementia and memory and time and history and politics and love and friendship check out my essay series down to a sunless sea memories of my dad as well as making getting better acquainted i also co-produce and i guess star in the magical realist audio drama podcast the family tree in order to keep making it and to make season two as good as we want it to be we need your help so if you can afford to then please do consider signing up to our patreon appeal you can follow getting better acquainted on twitter at gba podcast you can like getting better acquainted on facebook and you can find getting better acquainted on itunes soundcloud those kind of places And remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.